the Soul to Scene podcast. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and today I'm joined by Gary Riley. Greetings. And Ross Annett. What's happening? And if you missed the last show, definitely worth going back listening to episode 25 with Anthony Hughes about taking the L200s to Ukraine. What a listen. That guy, what, what, un- unbelievable as I... And, and he's about to do it all again. And he's about to do it all again, so... He's, he's dedicated. Get on and donate. But on this week's uh, show, we've we've loads to talk about. Uh, first of all, maybe some sad news. Uh, uh, passing away of Craig Breen, rally driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy from Waterford. A huge part of rally culture. Graham Curry has written a fantastic article on Craig, his life as rallying life... Uh, Graham's followed him very closely over his over his career. Some some great coverage there, but very very sad news. Very much before his time. One of those things that I don't know is that that motorsports become a lot safer, but it seems to come as a bigger shock nowadays. I don't know what it is. Is you know, there's that much safety and health and safety and all the rest, and the cars are prepared to such a standard. Um, there is that, um, but I think it's also just in, in Ireland. You know, the, the rowing community is quite small mm-hmm. and very well known and they all know each other. So it always seems they had a bit harder yeah. with someone over here. But certainly like my, my family's been involved in rowing. I've been a navigator myself many times and been out. And, you know, the cars are a lot better screwed together now than they used to be. And the safety measures are more yeah. extreme. But you just can't account for everything, you know. And I don't really know the ins and outs of how Craig Breen died, but I've, I did hear that something came in through the car post or something, so you just can't account for them things happening. Yeah, he was testing, it wasn't in, yeah. in Croatia. Like the best roll cage in the world just won't yeah. protect against that. Yeah, frightening, absolutely frightening. So, so sad sad news um, about Craig, and as I say, give Graham's article a read in RMS. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very good. It's, it's very good. But other things, like one thing I didn't get to, but Ross, I hope you can tell me all about it, even though uh, I have this on on my list is uh, this year's dubshed. I was stuck in the traffic and then had to, had to abandon, and, and that's because there was just there was traffic issues. There was traffic. Well, there was there was two things with traffic issues, and there was a bit of a bump um, on the high town road, and that there, and just things were at gridlock for a couple of hours, I think. So th- things completely out of the guy's control. Oh, to- totally. But by all accounts, from what I and I was oh the, the pictures I saw and the, the amount of cars at the show and all the rest. Was it was. Genuinely, like it's we we've we've waxed lyrical about how good the guys are and what a good show they put on time and time again. And this show again for me was even better. Like last year's was a real step up. They had two halls opened up. You know, there was there was the VAG hall and then there was the non-VAG hall. Mm-hmm. This year followed the same suit, but it's just the the quality of the cars, the quality of the show that those guys put on, the organisation. Things were just. They, they really couldn't have done things better if they had tried. It was it was amazing, and and it's great to be a part of that with those guys. I love the trophies; they were absolutely amazing. Epic, you know? Amazing. Did you see these guys? They were like a like a early eighties no. dash. So I actually thought it was a dash from a, a UR Quattro, but it's actually a dash from a is it a Digifant dash from a Mark II Golf GTI or something like Some that. Some of those, yeah. But it was like it's like a wee digital display, and yeah. it was backlit and stuff like that as it, well. It's, yeah. That's Brian over there at Comco, he or Brian Shortshift, he's um, he's amazing what he does. You know, the, the the guys give him a brief, and he really is like one of those nutty professors. He just comes up with the weirdest, maddest <laughs> shit, uh, but he puts it together in a way that nobody else can do. And and even 
when they were doing the prize given, so it was backlit, and obviously, you know, old retro 80s Volkswagens were green dashes, mm-hmm. but he put in the LEDs, so uh, Nigel was in the background changing the, the LED colour, depending on what, what, you know, what colour a car was coming up. Oh, um, it, it was just, it was amazing, it was just fantastically done. As a, there's so many good things you can say about the show, like, the, there was just, it's one of those things that for a show of that size... Mm-hmm. The relaxed atmosphere, yeah, um, the friendly nature of everything. Seeing people who you might see every other week, or you might not see until the previous show or, the, or since the last show, and it's just the same friendliness. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of just really nice, relaxed attitude on a large scale. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it, as I said, it's lovely to be part of that. It's lovely to be there as an exhibitor. <clears throat> very tough when we're exhibiting. You don't get a lot of chance to get around the, the, the show, so we're very fortunate that um, the guys allowed us to, to be in early on the Friday to get set up, yeah. and that allowed us a wee early sneak peek and a walk around, uh, and once again, the sound of the cars, like it was just amazing, like we have Gem off the forum. Yeah, she's bagged her she's R34. Bagged her. So, so again, it's fucking awesome, because you know, it, it's she doesn't give a shit about you know what people say or do or whatever else, She's that's her car, she's made it her own. And she's bagged in R34, and people who were there absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, it was yeah. just, it, it was amazing. Um, David Murph had his 350Z on the, the stand, and with the hugest, noisiest exhaust, I thought my, my car was loud, but David's is just ludicrous, so it is. Um, fresh paint jobs, it was just, there was so many cool things about it. Yeah, and look, there's there's a couple of guys who, uh, who have come out of the woodwork in RMS recently, who were at the show and started posting up photos mm-hmm. in the, of some of the stuff they've built and think, right, get a build thread going because that looks awesome. The guy with the S, the uh, like Ruby Stone S fourteen, yeah. oh, amazing, fantastic. Ren has just photographed that there, and and as good as his photographs are, when you see the paintwork, uh, it's, it's just perfection. It's just it's gorgeous, mm-hmm. so it is, and different way lips and flips. There's something really nice about you know it's not just the standard kind of. The standard kind of show car, everything's a wee bit tweaked, and you know, Gavin and Blackline had an amazing stand. Yeah, a couple of cars they had not there. It was like this mad wee Fiat Panda, but the whole inside of it was digital. There was the there was air in it. There was the sound system. There was just so many cool things there. Um, it, it was just as I said, it's amazing to see and it's amazing to do. And and you know, most of our listeners listen to the Reload podcast. Reload podcast, Nigel and, and Connor and Lee. Um, those guys give a really funny kind of rundown after Dubshed. I've listened to it. Well, well, that's well worth a listen as well. It's, it's so definitely worth a listen. We'll, so we'll put a link to that in the in the uh, show notes because those guys are doing a tremendous job, and I, I can't say it enough. So glad we're, we're so lucky to have them, and it's so great to see that mm-hmm. a, sh- a local show so well supported as well. Because hopefully that hardens the organisers to keep at it and 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 keep bringing yeah. us this amazing thing. Because if you don't remember before Dubshed. There wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot. Although, can any of us ever forget Belfast and Furious? <laughs> Just remember that. There, and well, there was spins on it as well, but those were different. Those were different days yeah. when when everyone sort of stood outside the show and watched people drift up the hill. Uh-huh. Those days are gone. Yeah, and you still have stuff in the Odyssey and all that, but it's you know it's, what was hundred percent modified or yeah yeah that's all right that. all, all, all those sort I of said, shows. when you listen to Gethin and that they're talking about about what they've came from and where they are now. Yes, there's so much work involved in it, but I think they kind of owe it to us now that you know they, they've got this far. They have to keep doing it because, you know, they have uh, 
there was cars came over from Scotland. There was cars came over from England. Yeah. Actually, one of the show, there was two beautiful, uh, right opposite my stand, there was guys in a yellow RS4, the B7 shape one, mm-hmm. and then a blue S4, the, mm-hmm. again, estate, the B7 shape. They were flipping gorgeous cars, like everything about them, just the last word. And those guys came from Scotland over to here because they know what Dubshed is. Yeah. You know, they, there was, mm-hmm. And they weren't the only two. There was loads of other ones. There's big companies coming from England. Auto Finesse came over and put on just a stand that you have to stand back and just go, wow. You know, they've got, uh, what do you call them, the Airstream camper vans. Yeah. But like the whole flip inside this thing, it's like on hydraulics or something. So when they start to show up and, and this thing just lifts up and going, holy shit. Like That's it's how just, to do it. It's just so impressive. So it is. Sam's detailing. He's another cool guy. Like I, I chatted with him on both days. Um. And, and, and funny, that's the other thing. Even though you know there's there's businesses like mine, you know there's there's loads of other people. There's just no kind of gliping and bullshit, and there's nothing else on. It's just people are there to have a bit of fun, have a bit of mm-hmm. crack, mm-hmm. speak to people, yeah. sell a wee bit of stuff. But it's be being there is, is kind of the thing that's there to be done, as opposed to just you, you know you're there to sell and that's it. Because if that's your attitude you're missing out on, on what Dubshed is all about. Mm-hmm. Something I love seeing actually is people from England, Scotland coming over to shows here because for so long it's kind of been the other way around. Mm-hmm. All the big stuff happens mm-hmm. over there and we go there and like, you know, they'll come over maybe for the um, the TT or something like that. Or yeah. sorry, not the TT, but you know, the Northwest 200. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, the, the car shows were never really a big draw over here. So it's good to see that. Definitely, man. Definitely. We're on the map. Ab- absolutely. Look, we've... Uh, Again, there's pictures on the forum of uh, of the show and all the rest. It was uh, it it looks spectacular. I'm not going to make the same mistake of missing it again. Don't big. <clears throat> it's one of those ones that, that there literally is. Uh, people love to have a bitch and moan thing about you know cost of this that you know cost of whatever else. But when you consider that you've got a full weekend pass there, there's so much to say. You would put in two days mm-hmm. easily at the Dubshed show. You know if if you're taking the time to look at the cars and appreciate the work that's going on to him. Like, there's so many foreign members' cars. You know, there, there's there's called one. His BMW is just, you know, it's a daily driver, but it's, it's on the next level. Um, there's the, If you take the time to have a proper look at what people have done to the cars and, and the small modifications, it, it's you would easily put a couple of days in there. there there's, it shows you that the modifying scene, it, it hasn't gone away. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's still there. It's changed changed a whole lot of the years since we were starting, you know, since you were in your wee um, Corolla. Corolla. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. I wasn't at the show, but uh, I did get a bit of a live commentary from Andy and Pablo as we were trying to get there. Do you think <laughs> there's anything can be done traffic-wise there? Like, I know that's not responsibility yeah, of the Dubshed so, organisers, but well, the Econ Centre really is the... The, the Econ Centre definitely is, you know, there's there's two or three access points in and out of there. Um, I think maybe if you spoke to, to, to some of the former res- residents around the maze, there was, there, there's lots of access and egress points around it. Um, no, look, do you know something? that There just needs to be a better um, road system put in place. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, not road system. There, there just needs to be the, the other access points need to be opened up to allow people in it. Now, I understand that that part of the problem is the fact that there still is there's, you know, access to the prison. There's their ambulance and stuff like that. So they have to, all that there takes marshalling, takes control. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got a two-day car show that has 100,000 footfall. Yeah. No matter what they do or where it's at. It's a lot of it. That, that's out, yeah. it's out, there, it's out of their control, out of their hands. Well, let, like, let me put this another way. This issue 
will be handled by guys who are very knowledgeable and for, uh, put on a very successful show. I have no doubt mm-hmm. they'll nail this. No for, doubt about for, it. For, for, for next year. That issue that they face is the same issue, I suppose, suppose that the Balmoral show okay. will. Yeah, anybody goes you know, you know, all the other events have. When there's football beside us here in Windsor Park, mm-hmm. like we're on Boucher Road, you can't, you can't get moving on it. Unless you stagger your arrival times, yeah. but then you know, people yeah. want a full day at it. And yeah. yeah, there's so, only so much so you can do. Th- there's only so much you can do. Um, you know, th- there is the possibility of opening up different you know, access points in that there, but at the end of the day, it's the same story. No matter what way you do it, there's going to be cars queuing to get into it. As, as Guy says, it happens at the Belmont show every year. It happens when there's football matches. It, it, you know, it's just our infrastructure here, the roads. Yeah. We'll maybe not even talk about that because no. we, we've, we've again, something we talked about plenty of times, just the state of the roads and the state Ro- of things. The roads are an, an absolute mess. Now, I did make the point of uh, uh, having a word with Gethin and Nigel about the show. What did they think? And um, I, did, I did put this in my in my coverage in RMS, but Gethin did say, look, the atmosphere was great. Plenty of diversity amongst the cars and display and no complaints. All track rally sport experience was a big hit. And and then the trophies mm-hmm. were, were fantastic. Um, and the Friday setup was a good decision, he was saying. And then that left uh, Saturday morning much more uh, laid back, which was great too, because the, the amount of stress those guys must... Yep. most go through, you know, it must be off the charts. Plus, and Nigel says he has his resting bitch face. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I saw him a couple of times and there was a few smirks there, but uh, I'm sure the relief that they have come a Sunday evening when it's over and done with, it's just the sigh. And, and as I said to him, you know, Connor done his thing and I, and I sent them a thing and that they asked for questions. And I didn't ask them a question because I just give them some you know, praise because they deserve it. Mm-hmm. That what they do year in year out is they raise the bar higher than than they even can expect themselves, and people see it and people appreciate it. I uh, love having the guys on the show, so we'll have to have them on again uh, because they have other events on this year. So I think the Deutsche Collective and Eurotreffen still. Yeah, Eurotreffen's actually early this year. It's uh, it's the start of July, so uh, normally they do it a wee bit later. So. Um, that's the, I think it's the first stroke second of July. We can double check and add it in the show notes. But again, if if any of our listeners haven't ever been to that, there, uh, Eurotreffen is is the epitome of just a really really nice relaxed show. Um, it, it's just got such a cool summer vibe to it. It's the one that's replaced the old Caswell and GTI show. Um, and if you've never been to one of those shows, um, think about Cars and Coffee, but just even cooler, even more relaxed, cool locations. I just lovely cars. I love Deutsch Collective at, yeah. at Scarva House. So yeah, it was cool. So uh, down down in, in County Armagh, totally different uh, venue, but just uh, again an amazing array of stuff. Really relaxed, a lot of food, bit of crack, and uh, no, uh, well done. Uh, yeah, the GTI and I guys. Now I actually bumped into Gethin uh, the other day. Bit of a segue <laughs> here at uh, Belfast International Airport at. Uh, a bright and breezy like 5am uh, because I was uh, was he smiling was he he yeah. was you know what he was in he, he was in good form he wasn't smiling as much as maybe I was because no. I was uh, grinning like a Cheshire cat because of course uh, heading over to, uh, to Lotus mm-hmm. so about oh, early March then I got a call from Lotus I said right your car is ready and I'm like okay and they're saying like, can you and this was like in the middle of the week. Like, can, can, can you come tomorrow afternoon? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> so I kicked them back two or three weeks, 
and uh, literally fired together a plan. I had a, had a bit of a plan of how I wanted to collect the car. Mm-hmm. It always was go over to the factory in Hethel, Norfolk, and then try and take it to mainland Europe. Mm-hmm. And in those sort of intervening three weeks, got a bit of a plan together, me and my mate Robert, uh, flew over early doors up the Lotus and uh, you go into the sort of handover area and you're there with two other groups so um, one guy had a GT3 Touring as well he had some with him and then there was another couple of guys and uh, so the three cars getting picked up they're all under covers and uh, then coffees chatting about cars and having, mm-hmm. having the crack and then uh, guy Scott Walker from Lotus he does all the the handovers takes us on a factory tour it's uh, amazing yeah going around the place so and it was great too uh, because I was at the factory maybe four or five years ago before Geely had really taken hold so mm-hmm. now they've mm-hmm. all this Volvo investment and it was it's changed from cars being pushed about on dollies to cars being moving about on robots and instead of cars being built with two clams, it's now all separate body panels uh, assembled, but still aluminium chassis and mm-hmm. glued and riveted uh, body panels, which mm-hmm. are made over here, by the way. Is that right? Yeah, my performance comfort, it's down the road. Make, oh, uh, wow, okay. Make the, um, yeah, but it's all separate body the panels. exhausting yet, Navi. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you're standing looking at, and so we things like, uh, like, I know I have one, and I'm going to say it anyway, but they are a beautiful looking car, but if you look at the way, the uh, the car actually has front wings and they fold in underneath the bonnet. You know, it's that, those, mm-hmm. those It's just it's just beautiful design, really well thought out design that's practical because you mm-hmm. can pull the wing off mm-hmm. if you damage it or something like that. But the way it's all hidden just looks totally different to any other sort of. Uh, it, <clears throat> you pulled in this evening, so we you have to put up the photograph because we've got a nice wee car park sitting out there tonight. We do. We do have the Amira. We have uh, your E forty six Banana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Gary Stunning uh, M4 competition F82 F82 correct yeah but I just said to you when you came in like that you know I've seen a few of them I saw the, the yellow one you had but the proportions of that Lotus is just spot on like it's just big flared arches uh, you know obviously there's a wheel in each corner but they're pushed to the edge of the corners you know you can just the way the wee vents, the wee bits and pieces, everything has been thought out by a designer, not just an engineer. Yeah, I think when the very first pictures came out, people immediately were just drawn to it. And I know it's based loosely on the Evora, and the Evora was a good-looking car too, but it lacks kind of the wow mm-hmm. factor that this has, because this is very much like a, like, as I keep saying, the junior Ferrari, and many people will say that, but that is what you see when you look at it. There's... Hence of a Ferrari, there's hence maybe of the new MC20 Maserati, there's mm-hmm. hence of all the cars, hence of Lotus, previous Lotuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it all just really gels perfectly together. It, does. And, yeah, and it never looks like one part of it doesn't complement the other part. No, and, and, and it's prettier. It honestly mm-hmm. is it's a pretty car, and it's far nicer looking than we, we've got Ferrari right beside us here. And we were looking, I couldn't tell you the name of three or four of the new ones, but yet when a Lotus pulls in, you just know the look of it and the angles of it. It's just. It's gorgeous. Well, look, uh, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you about my trip, but uh, just we were before we started recording, we were talking about. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll tor- torture you about the Yaris, and it's going to have to, to move on. But we're talking about the, the Yaris. Yeah, we're talking about uh, <laughs> uh, 
the FK8 uh, Civic. Yes. And my biggest problem with that car is not even just necessarily the Asbo wing, but it has lots of fake vents. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I just stand and look at the Lotus when it's sitting in the garage doing nothing. Like a real sad bollocks I am. And, but you can, you can look through the vents at the back and you can see the back tyres. Because you know it's, it's, it's uh, aero. That is the, to get air out of the wheel arches. Yeah. It's there for a practical uh, But that's the Lotus Aphos. You know, everything's functional and they're trying to keep the weight down. And then other manufacturers don't always follow that route. Like there's a lot of cars have had plastic vents and things stuck on that don't do any functional purpose. Well, it does. You remember even the, the what was the, the V8 Lexus that came out? It had a false exhaust on one side or yeah, yeah, a couple of pipes that did nothing, but just there, there for show. There's loads of that nowadays yeah. where you see, a, you, you see a silver trim piece in the back bumper and then there's a wee pea shooter sort of tucked in yeah, behind. Fake noise piped in and everything else. Yeah, you know, totally, so. totally. Anyway, back back to, uh, I'm, I'm at Lotus. I'm getting the factory tour. There is uh, like 10 pallets of V6 engines. Mm-hmm. There is a supercharger uh, charge cooler part a part getting rebuilt. There is a gearbox uh, open showing the gear set and all the rest. There's there are the machines to uh, put the panels together now. Uh, so all the panels are assembled by uh, robot, and then it's like uh, it's not laser check, but it's like a blueprint check. I don't, if, I don't know if it's like an X-ray check or something to do after the you know. But all this sort of investment is is. Geely putting their money into, you know, a hundred million quid wouldn't be seen in, in what no, they've put in place. That's modern, isn't it? And and it's amazing too because they're going to make a lot more Amiras than the mm. F- Lotus have ever made in the past. But really, this is just a, an, a like a halo exercise, the same way they did the electric, because they really want to shift the uh, EVs that are all being built in China. Mm. But but it's just it's just magical to see to see that, and you're going round line, and I, and I was walking around this place thinking. I'm at the end of this tour. I'm going to pick pick one of these up, right? You know, you know, you know when you go to uh, somewhere and at the end of the tour, you're you're on the uh, Bushmills tour or something like that, yeah. I'll, and I'll and I'll buy myself. Uh, you know, well, back in the day at school, you might have been a pencil sharpener or something. <laughs> I'll maybe I'll maybe treat myself to a wee ten year old bottle of Bushmills, but um, you, you know, basically, well, you want this golden ticket. Well, it, it, that's the thing. At the end of it, it's yeah. like I can I honestly. The way I was feeling that day, I cannot describe it, and it was so relaxed. And all the other guys, we were uh, the other couple of guys we kept were the same. Like we were all just looking at each other, and we were like, "What is going on? This mm-hmm. is this is just like we're in the toy shop, and then we're getting the toy at the mm-hmm. end." The, uh, it sounds so childlike and random, but that's how I you, felt. You and Shmi and whoever else was there. But you know something? The, the, there's something again. There's something just special because it is a special car. It's not just, you know, that there's that's not taking anything away from the magic of going and picking up any new car because you know the dealers all kind of try and go out the way to make this an experience for you. But from the sounds of things like yeah. that, Lotus, the factory tour. That no, we, no offense to any of our manufacturers, you say, but a, a tour of the Vauxhall factory probably wouldn't have grabbed you quite the same way. No, no. Well, in, in fairness, that's where you, half of Lotus's parts no, no, used to no, come no. from. <laughs> so, but no, so that that fit. I like. I I couldn't imagine going to local dealer and uh, tile floor with a TV in a background and stand there with mm-hmm. with a, a bottle of cheap bubbly and a. And some flowers for the wife. And your Facebook photo would have <laughs> exactly would have been the same. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Whereas you know, whereas we were doing this whole tour, and then well, you go. Importantly, did you get a bunch of flowers for your wife? 
I did, but not from Lotus. <laughs> not, not Lotus brand, of course. <laughs> That's good. Um, uh, the service station for I was just going to say. I was, I'll tell you what I got her, got her was as because uh, it's part of the story of of where I took the car. So, uh, so, so then they have like a Delia Smith. Rest. This is so, so again. I can imagine Lotus, old Lotus being uh, a crappy old canteen. Now it's a Delia Smith restaurant, and we're sitting there with. Uh, all the staff from directors down to the guys on the floor, mm-hmm. everyone sitting, chatting, having lunch and all the rest. And we had our own table. Wow. But, but yeah, just the whole atmosphere of the place, you know, people talking about cars and what mm-hmm, they're doing. Yeah. Or what, and even the car, you know, staff car program. Everyone there is into motors. It's ama- brilliant. an amazing feeling. And so uh, had our lunch. You get a voucher to spend. Them. So the wee shop as well. And you go and buy something. You get a voucher. So you, you go and buy, I bought a Lotus jacket. Now, if you see, see me in it, feel free to slag me. <laughs> Because of course you did deserve, deserve a wee slag, and if you're you, if you pair of cruising about in your uh, BMW, 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 beard. Do you know he'll be he'll be he'll be cruising the port in a Scania jacket and, <laughs> and the brown boots, yeah. sir, <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir. Uh, so did that, and then uh, the cars are sitting there, and it's like, right, who's going first? And one guy he was getting the car put onto a transporter because it was going to get uh, PPF. It's like, right, I'm doing mine <clears> first, and then it's like, right here before you open it. So what is it you've ordered? And you know, another twenty mm-hmm. minutes, and the guy's nearly. Sweat's pouring off. He's like, right, I want to see it, <laughs> you know. And uh, so then you're sort of enjoying other guys' enjoyment of getting it. And uh, one mm-hmm. of the guys had a, a green car and the little oh, cool. green, uh, like dark verdant. It's called really dark green with the uh, with the brown cinnamon leather mm-hmm. here. Absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Another one was uh, the silvery grey, like Harry Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. Again, amazing. And I and it's funny. I was walking around the factory and I saw some body panels of the blue car and then I saw some blue cars as well. And I was like. Oh shit! It looks really flat. Mm-hmm. Some of these other colours look amazing, and I I was just like, it's a bit fucking late on now, Andrew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's waited two years for this, you silly bollocks. So I I, I said, and then I saw these two cars and the silver grey, especially, and I was like, oh man, look at that! That's a stunner on silver wheels. Mm-hmm. Totally different to what I would have picked. Yep. But I I spec this car eighteen months ago, mm-hmm. and then uh, unveiled mine, and I said. Like, Right, look, it's still it's still a lovely car, mm-hmm. and it was only till I brought it out, and it was a beautifully sunny day, uh, blue skies, and then the paint just popped because there's a pearlescent in mm-hmm. it, and it's like, oh, hmm. absolutely. You knew you made the right choice, but even like there's silly things, you know. Like we had a good look at Andy's car before we came in here, and there's silly things like the seats with the yellow stitch in it. It's just and the yellow brake calipers and that. It's just there's so many wee small bits and pieces. The details that just make such a difference, and and I, I, again, it was nice even when you came in here, and you could just see the paintwork popping on it. It's yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, a lot of nice trim in it. Um, mm-hmm. Even when I mentioned the electric seats to you, it's, it's a big step up from a previous Lotus. So any even, that I've seen, even things like so, it's great getting around the factory. So you're like, uh, we can see like the seats being built, you yeah. know, and uh, and then. Lotus make, used to do everything like make their own door cards and all. And door card, a Lotus door card was like a flat panel trimmed. So they had to trim shop and someone trimmed it with leather and all the rest, but it was all hand done, mm-hmm. which meant that it looked like it was hand done. Whereas mm-hmm. now they, well, it's like, well, the customer expects a door panel that looks like a Cayman door panel, mm-hmm. not what came before. So they get, is it Eisman in Germany, make yep. all their panel, panels. And so the panels are flawless. You know but that's, I mean? so that's their competition. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. So that's where I have, you know, the top half of the dash, it's leather trimmed with. Yellow, yellow stitching then it's got Alcantara and then the bottom half's yeah. leather and you know just looks perfect Yeah, and it is perfect you know mm-hmm. I think Lotus decided you know at some point do we continue going down this route where we're almost getting closer to kick cars 
you know, in that kind of build quality? Yeah. Um, or do we try and move up market yeah. and position ourselves opposite came and Porsches, things like that there, and that's what they've done yeah. very successfully yeah. by the looks of it. Yeah, and well, like, as you know, that's what I've come from is a GT4. Yeah. Um, and which is which is a harsh comparison because GT4 is a is a is a very good car. The Amira is a slightly different car. Anyway, back to the story. If, by the way, I'm boring you this on this in the podcast. If you haven't seen it, there's ten minutes of me on YouTube <laughs> uh, talking about this and sort of trying to take you on the journey. I tried to film as much as possible without ruining the experience for myself. For uh, Picking up the car where we took it and all the rest. So picked and, up notice. And there's also uh, a ten minute OnlyFans one for anybody who wants to see. <laughs> <laughs> Andy and his tidy whitey sliding himself up and down the wings. <laughs> These mirrors aren't cheap, you know. If if that would work, <laughs> <laughs> people need to want, want want to watch those things to make money. I think it's the the business model for uh, Lotus fans. Yeah. So uh, end of the car and headed straight to the Euro Tunnel. Never been in the Euro Tunnel. It was fascinating, except. The, the the shuttle which you get into you just you just rock up and then uh, as long as you're in with a couple of, within a couple of hours of your booking they just stick you on the next train and the trains were thirty five minutes to France that's so, so cool that's class so cool and uh, you you literally you drive on the, one of the parts of the train slide back and you just drive on and you just keep driving up the whole train and then to pull the shutters and, and away you go the train itself is super crummy. It's obviously been the same way from the 1990s, with, yeah. uh, but you're supposed to just sit in the car. You're only there for half an hour, mm-hmm. and then you're straight back out again. And you're nearly spending as much time going through passport control, and mm-hmm. even that was quick. But then we went to a place called, we stayed in a place called Runs. It looks like Reims, and uh, that is the home of a Formula One circuit. And that's the picture that I've been torturing you all with, yeah. the, the Amira outside the... Yeah. the Poster shot, yeah, absolutely amazing poster shot between mm-hmm. all the old F one hoardings. That's that was class. Then we went to uh, Stuttgart, so we're starting to pile on some major miles at this stage. I think we had four hundred miles done on the first day, something like that. But by the time we, and we were wrecked, it was four a.m. start, like it was uh, absolutely knackered. Um, Stuttgart for the um, Porsche and Mercedes Museum. So ever looking a trip away, car trip away, go to Stuttgart. You could spend a couple of those days in those amazing museums. And then uh, on our way to Stuttgart, we actually drove past Hockenheim. So we called into the, Ho- in the Hockenheim circuit on the way up the road, then went to the ring, out in the ring, pile of laps, a couple of stakes, stake and stone. Amazing. And then back up the road. So 1,600 mile, just like that. Uh, how long was that? Two or three days or...? We left on a Thursday and we were home on Monday lunchtime, something like that there. Aye, so, 500 a day. Sorry, not 500 a day, obviously. Aye, 300 and something 300 a day. 300 a day, yeah. Yeah, something like that, you know. So it was a good mm-hmm. a good test of the car, Autobahn and all you, the rest. You were limited um, RPM, weren't you? Yeah, like yeah, f- uh, 4K, and then sort of as the miles go up, 5, 5. Oh, was that a hard limit or were you having to stick to it yourself? Stick to it yourself. Aye, so, so, temptation so, all the time. Yeah, temptation all the time, but... Really, the first lot of miles, especially that first day, like we were just just on the cruise, mm-hmm. taking it taking it handy, and then after that, just starting to open her up a bit, you know. <coughs> and how, <clears throat> you know, it's still a really new engine. Could you feel it loosening up, or? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, it is opening up, but mm-hmm. that's more because I'm dr- I was driving it on. Yeah. Or certainly by the end of the trip, you know, you're you're using all the rev range and stuff like that, so like you were starting to feel the, the performance. You started to really feel the performance. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So you know, it's. Uh, Really good. It's, it's so torquey because of the supercharger. Yeah. So it's really easy just to yeah. punt about the place mm-hmm. at, a, at a really good uh, at a good pace. You know. How do you find the noise of it? That's one thing I haven't really 
heard much about or oh, it, like uh, you had, you had a, a Navora they uh, they have tuned the exhaust beautifully it sounds it sounds class that that uh, Toyota V6 engine with, with the charger on it it sounds absolutely immense yeah so it does on full chat it's mm-hmm. it's it wheels absolutely wheels class you could um, you could hear you coming in uh, when we we're down here and it wasn't it was just a, a really nice because again with most of the cars now with the petrol particulate filters and that there it really yep. does mute noises in a lot of new cars yeah but you could hear that one coming in it, and it, it has a GPF you know mm-hmm. so it has it has all that and at risk of tempting fate now that you've got one um, what about after sales care and all that is it done by Hearst or are they just doing sales so no Hearst's haven't opened their uh, Lotus centre yet mm-hmm. but but yeah that's where it will that's, be. that's where I'll take the car it comes with three years warranty so Aye. yeah so that's that's where I'll take it and it does uh, it hasn't been completely fault free but it was as a drive it was faultless there's a problem with the uh, auto wipers uh, when you get a uh, lashing rain, they don't go. They don't auto wipe on the fast mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, there's a wee bit of road no- noise around the uh, above the wing mirrors, but on the, they're pillarless doors. You know, and you can you can run your finger up the up the door seal and, and you can hear the whistle change. So there must. But uh, I know yeah. for the wipers that there's going to be a fix coming. The door seal I'll give off about, but once they get up up and running, and hopefully they'll get get sorted. But that's you know they're very very minor. Yeah, it's yeah. a minor issue yeah, for yeah. a handbuilt car. Yeah, yeah, totally. So no, it's 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 great. Like so, awesome. Uh, yeah. So so look, uh, go watch the video because uh, I, I think I have borges absolutely uh, all the tears. But you deserve to. And look, no, not the good. The good news is after twenty five previous episodes, this could be the last we hear of that <laughs> fucking Yaris. <laughs> Possibly. Now, I don't hear anything more. But, I'm, but I'm by the way, to say go now. But I, I have to say, yeah. how long are we in this podcast? Twenty five minutes, a half an hour. Yep. I think we have to commend him for not fucking slabbering about the Yaris yet. I, I was expecting that to be the first thing we talked he's, about tonight. He's Lotus in the brain now, you see, so that's it. <sighs> there's, nothing, there's nothing to be slagged about the Yaris. That is <laughs> amazing. Oh, no, no, I know. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. I know. Right. <laughs> Ross knows this because I know. <laughs> n- not the only video that I posted up in the last while. No, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. The... Uh, Banana Zero. <laughs> Toyota Sam. I've been very quiet here, so I'm deliberately Semi-amalgated <clears throat> so, so, railway-type special versus what? How do you describe me 46 nowadays? A couple of episodes ago, uh, we had Ben on from uh, Straightliners NI. Ben kindly invited us to... Uh, which I forgot about until... Was it, was it Ben <laughs> message or you message? Yeah. Saying, oh, you, Have you, you got your race, race license yet? I'm like, my like, what, what? Frick, what for? What, what for? Oh, I, I tried to kick your ass at the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, there, there, there may have been some friendly rivalries and friendly banter, and I may have had a bet with Cooper about becoming a moderator in RMS even for... For, <laughs> sure, for, for, for 24 for hours. For 24 hours. I haven't decided what... Uh, what, what your what penalty is, is yet. absolutely, but uh, um, I, uh, full full confession. It's I, to become I, a moderator in RMS for twenty four hours. If, if I had been better organised, my thought was, do you know what? There's not a chance in hell I'm going to let you win, and I was going to get on the fold to uh, DTUK or Litchfield or something like that <laughs> and get a box sent over. Uh, you didn't need plug to. her in for a day, and I didn't need to. You, in the you end. definitely didn't. Stage so, five for ten minutes. So there was half the CC, half the cylinders. Is it down at Bishop's Court? Down at Bishop's Court. So, oh. yeah, we've done the straight liners. Uh, and I have to say, first and foremost, it was a really well-run event um, for the first time at it. 
a few things they had to pick up on tidy on, on you know there was there was longer delays there's a big delay at the, at, the st- at the start but i think they got yeah, going in the end but they got going and and when cars were moving through they were moving through really really quickly um so we had around a half hour 40 minute wait but that's because i think there was like a lunchtime break in the middle of it as well there was so we uh and and i got lined up beside each other and i'm i'm gonna be really honest here I was feeling quite confident. So, so, so Ross, Ross, uh, we met before we went down to the drag to the drag strip, and Ross had just got his uh, was it a four one four one diff four one uh, back end in uh, Crown Wheel and Pinion in his uh, E forty six, and I took it run. And do you know what? Transformational to that car because mm-hmm. it they are t- too long geared. Yeah, that, there's no need for them to do one hundred and five mile an hour in and third, third gear. gear. Uh, so that that really helped. Mm-hmm. So we met and, and Andy had said he hadn't driven an M3 since he had one So I turned the keys and told him to take a run on it And and I said, don't be afraid, you know, don't be holding back on it So you drove it hard and, you know, he came back to me And you had a smirk in your face going, this could be interesting So I was feeling quite confident at that stage I, I, I had myself convinced that, look, if I can launch do, do you think I was telling the truth? Yeah <laughs> I, think, I think I better pull two coil packs out. <laughs> <laughs> we have a four, four cylinder E46. That was explainable. Um, Sabotage. And I was convinced that, look, I know those Yaris's are, I know they're quick. I've been in a couple of them, and everything about them is just a really weak, quick pocket rocket. But if I can launch properly, this M3 will do okay. And if I could have launched properly, the M3 would have done okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, those E46s, if memory serves, don't they have some sort of uh, delay valve? Mm-hmm. The you, uh, clutch delay valve, yeah. Do you have that out? No, but that's something that needs to be done because you, you, you can feel the difference, can't you? Yeah, so I thought that uh, after I, I drove it, I thought, there's something about these and the, the gear change and you, you, can, you can feel it in it. And then the other thing is things like uh, the gear position, that, that, that shift... Mm-hmm. It's it's and this is to do with the age of the car and all yep. the rest. So it's 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 quite a long throw. Do you have a short shift kit on it? No, but no. I have a short shift order for it. So I, have I think that'll all that'll all really help. Mm-hmm. Um, bite points quite low to the floor, is it? Yeah. See, I was I was calculating these things in my mind. <laughs> I was like, I think we're going to be all right. <laughs> Not only were you calculating things when when we're lining up, guy. Out comes Mr. Fucking Doodah with his air compressor to make sure his tire pressures are right. And I'm sitting going, go. I was just here. Like, <laughs> I didn't take the sub out the bit. I didn't take it. Like, no weight saving. You actually had tires. Yeah. <laughs> that was only because I, I flicked on the TPMS because I'm a professional, what do you know? And uh, the tire pressures were all over the place. So it, it was just the, va- the gauge because I have to have the gauge on, do the tire pressures, and then see you later. <laughs> but other than that, they're pretty much like the arse is manual, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's no launch controllers enough and funny got going on. It was just driver no, ability. It, it doesn't have launch control. So <laughs> that was another thing. Uh, so we, we rolled up to the line and, and we had been standing watching the guys do, mm-hmm. do the launches before. And there, there was the guy who sort of checks that everyone's yep. okay to go and all the rest. We pulled up to the line and I had seen him and he was in line with the two drivers. Mm-hmm. But with us, he was doing my quarter panel somewhere. Yep. So I was, I was looking around. And sort of waving. Next thing I turned around and lights started appearing. And I literally had, the time I had was I had the time to put clutch. And I, I almost did it at, at the same time. The clutch on the throttle to the to the bulkhead. Mm-hmm. And, and first, and she got to about four grand. 
and and that was that was go time, and I and I just stayed. Does yours have soft limiter? Will it go to four grand? Or will it go more? Oh no, it, it, it will rev to the limiter. But okay. I but I just didn't have enough time to rev to, that to hard. To rev that hard because because I uh, had practiced you know practiced a couple of times. You can get you know, six six and a half grand. You can light all four wheels in it if, yeah. you know, to get her off the line. But thankfully, I had just about enough revs, so she didn't bog down. Anything less than that, she could have well, stalled. Whereas. <laughs> I was the complete opposite. So <laughs> I give it about eight thousand reps. <laughs> you just a big and, ball of smoke. Smoked the back tires. Yeah. Um, but here, what a lot of fun, mate! Do you know something? I'm, I'm not even like, even now, like we're laughing, we're having a bit of fun, and that's actually what that was the best bit about it. So, what were we? Eleven? What were you? Were you twelve seconds? Were you? No, thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. Like you, I think. I, I was like a half second behind. <laughs> Eight seconds. <laughs> but do you know there something? There was a boy with a calendar at the end. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like something done in slow motion the whole way. We've um, gone from seconds to days. But <laughs> it was just brilliant fun. So it was like, do you know something? Like, what was that Eminem? You know, knees weak, palms are sweaty. When I was sitting on the line watching those air lights, I looked over at you once or twice, and and it was just you're waiting for those air lights to go because you don't want to jump the line, you don't want to do anything else. You didn't want to smoke the tires on it. Now, it was it was just flipping brilliant fun, and Great you know what the best bit. See at the end of it, we got to come back around the drift circuit. Then, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm going fucking full set. So I might have got beat. <laughs> I might have got beat down the line. I enjoyed the showboating at the end. It was yeah, excellent. so the showboating at the end, and Andy, you lifted the wand, and oh, I right. was just I had two or three corners linked together, and it was a full on drift one way, full on the other way, and it was just brilliant. It is <sighs> good packing. It's the kind of thing like the everyday man can kind of go to. You know, yeah. if you have something you want to text to the guy, I did a fair bit of it down at Hadoui back in the Antigua days, and. Mm-hmm. At an E36, I think I took the drag race one time, but it's you can show up, do your drag for 10, 20 seconds, yeah. go away. It's not a gift to go and track all day and spend a fortune on it, you know. And and some fantastic stuff there. The bikes, oh, that, yeah. that mm-hmm. uh, 911 Turbo that, uh, that was Boydie was driving, you know, some of the stuff there was just absolutely uh, lightning. Was just some Richard Bradley was there, yeah. you know, there was uh, a lot of great a lot of great stuff, but a great crack. It was great crack. It comes back, something I spoke to Ben about afterwards, and... It's not just sour grapes, but these modern cars, you know, five, six, seven hundred horsepower modern cars with launch control, mm-hmm. they've taken so much away from, you know, when you think about it, you know, I've I've a three hundred and forty brake horsepower M three going through the back wheels, and I didn't get it right, and it just smoked up the tires. Mm-hmm. Those guys have got twice the horsepower, three times the horsepower on some of them. Yeah, and um, a lot of electronic assistance And a lot as well. of electronic yeah. assistance, like literally left foot in the brake, right foot and go pedal, and then like, you know, stomp them both to the floor and let go of the brake, and the car does everything else for you. I saw there was a Model 3 performance there on that front. Was it doing well? Was it? it was doing well, but I need to find the videos of it. There was a Mark V Golf GTI, beat it. Wow. Which I think everybody was shocked about, because again, plus Tesla's, you know, not just Tesla, plus most EVs party piece. Yeah. Yeah, going cool. off the right line like mm-hmm. a rocket ship yep. and for a Mark V Golf GTI that are still a sharp car, there's no doubt about it guy and I were speaking about, a friend of mine has one earlier on he's an Edition 30 and I was surprised at just how quick it was, I went out for a run with him yesterday <coughs> excuse me, and you forget about, you know, what a fun car they are and, and with a wee bit of mild tuning, they can really push on A stage 1 sort of Mark V a, yeah. st- a standard one is a wee bit anemic but but a stage one, like a 260, 270 mm-hmm. brake. My brother had Sweet. one, a GTA, with a, 
stage one map, I think, and a couple of things done this a few years back. But yeah, at first drive I had and it blew me away. I couldn't wait yeah. how well it went. That DSG box in them yeah. and it just goes. But but yeah, the modern cars with launch control. Um, it would be nice to see if they switch the launch control that they're off or traction control off just to see how it would fare. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that those 11 second quarters that a lot of them were doing would be plus four or five seconds. Yeah. Totally. 100%. But no, brilliant fun. Brilliant uh, and fun. and it, was, it was great crack. And I think there's no one coming up now in a few weeks' time. So I'm definitely going to go down to it again. How, uh, just along with, uh, we're talking about Dubshed and the other GTNI shows, how fortunate are we that to have a drag racing championship here? Man, it's unreal. And, and not to mention the cars and coffee events. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't make this, but it's all right because my doppelganger did. And, and uh, he's all <laughs> yes. funny feckers decide, sure, let's text Andy. So, saw you down at Down Royal, knowing rightly that it was. It was the other blue Amira. I think what my text said common as muck already. Uh, exactly. Uh, no, it, yeah. it's actually uh, there was a queue of cars coming in, and I spotted the blue one, and I, I did genuinely think it was you for a while because mm-hmm. you'd said you might come down. Yeah, and you know, I started walking towards it and realised it wasn't. But yeah, that's very eye catching from a distance, even. And I, I heard that was you were down. I heard that was an absolutely fantastic, brilliant show. Like I've I've been there before. It's um, like what do you say about double shed? It's just it's incredibly relaxed. It's a Sunday morning thing. You go out for a couple of hours. Um, it had rained a bit overnight, but it had dried up, so it was a nice morning for it. Loads of cars. It's all for charity. Um, it's run by TSEC, the Farbred Sports Car Club. And I, I didn't get a count of the cars, but there's probably a couple hundred there at least. And it doesn't feel like a car show. It just feels like cars and coffee, but mm-hmm. on a very large scale. And there's a coffee van. There's a van doing breakfast bap stuff like that there. And people dander around. It's just so relaxed. There's no... Revenue are carrying on, people are chatting. I've seen people there haven't seen for 20 years and had really good catch up with someone. And um, they run about five or six leagues, I think, up through the summer. So it's every probably every five or six weeks there's one, something like that on average. Bri- so. Brilliant. And uh, and they always seem to have really unusual stuff at that. So I think uh, yeah. uh, I picked out something to post on the RMS socials. It was like a uh, one was a one was an AXGT. Mm-hmm. You know, we just uh, mad, and then you know you have stuff from the fifties there, and supercars, it's, and all it's sorts. so diverse. Yeah, you have, you have Ferraris, McLarens, stuff like that, the usual kind of stuff, the poster cars, and then as you say, even the XGT sitting in the middle of it, a couple of old Porsches, a Mustang, left hand drive Mustang, a Camaro. Yeah, you know, and everything in between. So really interesting. On on that note, uh, and I I do have an excuse not to be there. I was uh, in Germany at the time, uh, picking up. With the Amira, but the RMS Cars and Coffees now, which are running yep. up up in uh, Molusk uh, every sort of four or five weeks, that looked like a fantastic turnout as well. And that's just a credit to the forum and the diverse nature of it as well. It was, uh, but uh, I think there's been three members on the day though that uh, got home and got a wee, a wee letter through the post on Monday or Tuesday. Oh no, mm-hmm. I uh, and see see that actual place because I saw someone post the dash cam sorry, yeah. someone posted the dash cam footage of, of where the, the speed fan was and uh, I remember I was going to the be interviewed in the Reload podcast and mm-hmm. the day I went to do that in the Lotus I got scooped in exactly the same place it's um, it's almost like they're watching what's going on isn't it well and, no that that's a, unfortunately that's a standard place where even that on Sunday it. morning uh, yeah it's there oh. yeah and um that road used to be a 50 and a 60, and now it's a 40. Yeah, it's and, a 40, yeah. You know, and, uh, it was always kind of dodgy up around there, like me and Andy. Some memories of being chased around my lusk. Our father being chased. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the uh, RMS Cars and Coffee as well. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Another great way to spend a 
a Sunday and a morning. Sunday morning. Uh, funny, it's the one thing that you know we have talked about before. Um, it's, it's like everything; it's making time for it. But you know, with kids and with with their sporting activities and stuff like that, it's harder and harder sometimes to get to to the shows out there. But that's actually one of the good things. With, you know, with the variety of the cars and coffee events that we mm-hmm. have over here, uh, and and the locations of them, it, you know. There, there's always something to fit, to, you know, to, to kind of fit in with your timetable out there. So. Well, that, that's what I loved about Down Royal last Sunday morning because my son actually had a birthday party in the afternoon and I had to take him to that and then meet up with other people. Um, went to Down Royal, great variety of cars, supercars, only, only there for about two hours. You mm-hmm. know, when I was as satisfied leaving it as any car show. And it used to be you went to Cars and Coffee and there'd be maybe 10 or 15 cars. That would be it. So. Have, you, have you done Blackheath? No, up in the north, I, no. I've done it a couple of times. That's another amazing spot again. Mm-hmm. Totally different and sort of a different geographic areas. You get different people up there. Mm-hmm. I know the Porsche Club Ireland guys go up there and uh, and you get to buy lunch and and it's a it's an old uh, stately home and stuff mm-hmm. like that again. Just yeah. lovely surroundings up for a couple of hours and, and back down the road again. It's have great to try that. It's great to have these things. Definitely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but that leads on something I had made a few points about. You know, we're talking about road trips, we're talking about this, that and the other. Have you been keeping up to date with there's Chris TII and a few other ones of the form are heading over to Croft? Uh, no, sorry, not Croft, Anglesey. Anglesey. They're going to do a, an Anglesey road trip. There's, I think there's five or six. Cougg, I think, is, is going along as well. I would absolutely love to go. I am in a, in a negatory brownie point situation. <laughs> 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 at the moment you've overstretched your brownie points <laughs> but it's easier for to ask for, for forgiveness than permission <laughs> where are you well, not, not once well, you once you once half the road I'm not going to be home tonight <laughs> there's really bad reception in the pits here <laughs> yeah so uh, that's fantastic uh, that's a big brilliant trip so get a look at the Anglesey trip on RMS I have driven Anglesey a stack of times it is an amazing circuit it is like 20 minutes from the ferry, the Hollyhead Ferry. So, and the, the circuit's first class. It's it's almost, it's on the, the island of Anglesey, right on the water. So you can get lovely shots. If you get your photos right, mm-hmm. so you can have the car and the sea in the background on the yeah. track, flat out. I, I've never been there, but the Evo do a lot of testing there and their photos are always amazing. You yeah. know, so you say, you see the car coming over crest and the sea behind it. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a decent size of track, lots of really good corners. You have off-camber stuff, a wee bit of hills yeah. and, and mm-hmm. decent enough... I'd say I'd say that'll just be good fun because again, there's a nice bunch of guys going, nice cars going, and yeah, something. Again, looking at different things like you doing your your Europe trip and that there, there's just there's just such a nice kind of thought and atmosphere, and and a few mates going for a drive and and taking on a track day, taking on a wee bit of dragon, whatever else. I, I did see on the forum, Coog is offering uh, the back of his highest <laughs> for uh, £180 a night. That's cheap. So um, I would definitely recommend that if you can't get the travel lodge. <laughs> Smile, you're on Coog camp. <laughs> yeah, so uh, first class. Um, speaking of uh, golfs earlier, talking about Mark V, do you hear that they're, they're doing away with the golf? The Mark Eight's going to be the last one. Actually, didn't. And uh, I was reading that in your show notes, and I was thinking, like, what's going on there? And is it is it is it that they're doing it away with it, like they did away with the Cavalier, but then they brought it to Vector and give it a new name, essentially, you know, same replacement. Well, I don't know what the thinking is, but is it uh, Volkswagen have ID three, ID four, ID Buzz, all that sort of stuff now? And do they think right Golf is tied to the old? Ice world, mm, yeah, you know, the, the old, piston car the world. Mentality. 
I think it's absolute madness because mm-hmm. uh, golf is it's the most possibly the most iconic name in, in car yeah. culture. Really, I think they're they're like even if its replacement is still intents and purposes a golf underneath, it's still the mm-hmm. brand name. It's yeah. what people attach to it. Yes. I think the ID two looks very golf like, but are the the concepts of it? But to take away the Volkswagen Golf is just. It's just I don't know why they do Mark Nine Golf. It's electric. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's what it is. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll, or because I don't know when did the Mark Eight come out the last couple of years. So yeah, again, I was I hadn't heard about it. I read your show notes, and then I saw that you know the the each mark comes with like a seven stroke eight year life cycle. So mm-hmm. it, the mark eight is three years or four years into it at the minute. So you know, there's maybe only four years of Volkswagen Golf. Yeah. So so come twenty thirty, I suppose they're looking at the the ban on ice cars. Mm-hmm. Although interestingly, Germany is actually the country that's starting to roll back a bit on that, looking at e fuels, synthetic mm-hmm. fuels, all that sort of yeah. stuff. And thinking, right, well, do you know what? Uh, going fully electric isn't the entire answer, which we all knew anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it was one of the things that I put up in RMS. It's the Ukraine, the, the Ukraine post. But I linked to a Joe Rogan podcast where there was a guy, Peter... Uh, oh, I can't even pronounce it. It begins with letters Z, but... He basically done this whole thing, you know, and he talked about um, the dirty secret of his EV. Mm-hmm. And, and he's put it down, something that, that I think we all realise, that there's not enough raw materials in the world to provide all the, you know, enough to keep making new batteries. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even if there is, there's not enough electricity in the grid created by all these factories and everything to, to keep them going. Mm-hmm. So... EVs. He had, he in one of the one of the the YouTube things that he put up about it as well. He thinks they've got a ten to fifteen year lifespan, and he says EV is not the way. It's something that we think is the way. Mm-hmm. He could be wrong, but you know when he when you actually listen to what he has to say about it, it's really interesting. It's, it's, that it's a band aid. Yeah, it's a band aid exactly, yeah. and something that's not going to fix the mm-hmm. problem. That's not really there. Yeah, at at the moment. So yeah. are there going to be changes? There have to be changes in infrastructure. In fact, I think was it earlier this week? Uh, you now get charged to overstay fees on our chargers mm-hmm. here. Not only that, there, but uh, if you listen out, that's not a plane flying over. I think that's a violin. That's Rocco's tears because <laughs> free electric is gone. Yeah. Um, there was a few different posts up on the different things today about chargers. I, I don't know. You'll know about it, but there's some map that shows where sat map, sat map, yeah. So yep. where all the rest of the the EV, EV leeches are getting their free well, electric. It doesn't only matter time, you know, if they can charge you for it, they will. Yeah, but they're not blue anymore to show that they're there's taking no up that there's all green. And I, I I put in a couple of screenshots there that you can drop in that, um, yeah, the the public charging points are um all empty now that people are having to pay for it. If you, if you want a good laugh, have a, have a read of the EV, the EV thread, <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. in particular about the uh, Bloomfield Shopping Centre in, in, in Bangor and uh, some f- infamous charge hogging going on uh, there. So it'll be interesting to see if that uh, knocks that on the head. It's it, funny you mentioned, Andy, the, the 2030 thing, because I've actually been reading that the other day. I don't think it was just Germany. It was another European country. I can't remember who, but I think they were kind of stepping back a little bit from it too. And then, um, as I was reading it, I was just looking at the figures in the UK. So um, there's actually 33 million cars currently in the UK, but EVs and hybrids make up less than 1 million. Mm-hmm. So despite all the talk, despite every magazine or every car magazine you see now, it's, it's all EV in the cover and everything else. Yep. It's still a very, very small kind of proportion mm-hmm. of it all, you know. So 
it'll be interesting to see how much you know we've we're seven years away from this monumental change that we're mm-hmm. talking about and how much that'll change in the next seven years and it's and it's becoming a lot more expensive to run an EV as well they yeah. uh, we were on the click energy tariff which was 5p a unit overnight so it was to run our I-Pace to do a thousand miles was like 20 quid mm-hmm. and it's now 15p a unit so it's 60 quid a month mm-hmm. or 60 quid for a thousand mm-hmm. miles so that's, that's a fair job now don't get me wrong it's still the equivalent of like 150 miles per yeah, gallon or something you, like that I, you still have all the infrastructure problems sorry Roscoe you know, as I said, you're right in what you're saying in the grand scheme of things, it's still a lot cheaper, but as you were just about to say, it's the, the infrastructure is... There's not enough chargers, no one's a door there, half of them don't work, and you know, you had that experience yourself when you bought the, the Jagger, and you're yeah. trying to get it back. Um, you know, you look at something like, they're throwing 100 billion, I think, at this HS2 network, and mm-hmm. that's one transport thing that they're championing, but there doesn't seem to be any big investment plans no. for the infrastructure. It just seems to be kind of coasting along at the moment. ESB claim in Northern Ireland that because they can now charge, they're mm-hmm. saying, well, they'll plough this money back into uh, the infrastructure and start replacing all the chargers that don't are, are just uh, street furniture, to be honest, because mm-hmm. half of the bloody ESB chargers don't, don't work. work. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I hope they do, because it'll make a dramatic dramatic difference. Um, but I meant to ask, Gary, what about the ID4? Any, any uh, word of it appearing? Yeah, July, apparently. Wow, yeah, so, it's, so it's been kicked back. Which reminds me, I need to get my finger out and get a charger ordered. A yeah. charger, yeah. because yeah. at so. 25p plus 49p per kilo, kilowatt hour, mm-hmm. you're not too long racking up your charges. Well, I on if you're, I've seen some charging at like 69p a kilowatt, which is which is more expensive than than the diesel. Diesel, yeah. you know, but that's that's the problem. It's the problem and also the cure for public charging. Public charging, you want it there when you need it. Mm-hmm. And not that some bugger is hogging it, but it's sort of going the other way where it then becomes very expensive to use. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it already. I'm on the, uh, on the EVA and I grip and stuff like that on Facebook and, and on, on RMS too. You see some people saying, like, I've had an EV for a couple of years. All these charges are coming in. I can't stomach it. Mm-hmm. That wasn't. And some people maybe moved to EV on a very fine tolerance of mm-hmm. of spreadsheet calculations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly they're like, oh, flip you know what, this isn't going to work for me. And I totally understand that. Yeah, and, and again, with, 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 with the culmination of all these things, like Tesla, sh- you know, slashing the prices, um, there's a friend of ours um, who's basically been told that his Tesla, has, he's in negative equity with it because people aren't interested in trading now because the, all the value that was in that car by Elon making his decisions overnight, by these charges coming in, by everything else, people are going... Frig EVs are, you know, they're they're a forty, fifty thousand yeah. pound, not desperately economical. Um, when you add all these things up, it's mm-hmm. a big proposition. So. I read yesterday it was quite interesting too that they expect that insurance companies will write off more EVs for minimal damage than they mm-hmm. ever did petrol and diesel cars because the cost of the battery replacements and things are so high. Yeah, well, that's that's all the conversation yeah. on the forum. There's a big chat about uh, people's insurance quotes going through the roof recently. Mm-hmm. You know, in the last. Six yep. months, just you know, insurance doubling for for no great reason, and the insurance companies yep. are t- are trotting out. Well, it's it's the cost of living, it's the cost of energy, and all the rest, but not the case where your premium is maybe three or four hundred quid, and then they quote you eleven hundred. Mm-hmm. No, no one ever says it's profiteering. <laughs> no. what it is. Anyway, here we're we're bound to have something far more interesting and uh, fossil fuel orientated <laughs> to talk about. Gary, save us. Uh, Gordon Murray Automotive T fifty as far away from an EV as you can get. Um, 
this car is obviously it's been in the news and automotive news for a long time. It's been talked about in RMS, but um, it's actually going into production now, so it's been kind of over the magazines again and the websites over the last week or two. And I was just rereading about it and just watching a few videos on YouTube of um, Dario Franchitti. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to be hired as not their PR man, but their kind of public face of driving it, you know, and very good driver it is. He's great, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's amazing. Just watching YouTube, listening, it just sounds like an F1 car, no matter where he's driving it. And I was looking at some of the stats, so 12,100 RPM rev limit. It's unreal. So it gives you an idea. Um, it weighs 986 kilograms. So for context, it's 100 kilograms or so lighter than a Vauxhall Corsa that you buy nowadays. Yeah. And it's 664 horsepower. And the thing you mentioned there, there Andy, about um, your lunch in the Yaris uh-huh. and, you know, how quick it revs to 4,000 RPM. Yeah. So this car can rise 28,500 RPM per second. That's unreal. Which is, you know what, you can't really, I think, conceptualize that. That's, that, that's, like, that's, yeah. that's better than motorbike. Yeah. Levels of, of revs, that's unreal. That's so it goes from zero to 12,000 revs in 0.3 seconds. That's <laughs> so, just. And awesome. that's just really light engine components, light flywheel, everything's over engineered, everything's built with so many tolerances. And that, that engine's amazing. Pure engineering. Beltless engine. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful looking thing. Yeah, un- yeah. unreal. I, I like I, some of those borers up in the port with the popcorn rivers. <laughs> <laughs> So this, this is basically a McLaren F1 Mark II, yeah. uh, even though there's been McLaren yeah. models since. They're not really in the same kind of uh, shed as the F1, so to speak, but really, really looking forward to actually hearing some reviews now and see as, as good they drive as it sounds. The, uh, if you, I highly recommend Johnny Smith's videos. Uh, if you look at the late break show and watch mm-hmm. him go and visit Gordon Murray, and he's, he's done his the, T, uh, the, the T50 and he's uh, done his car collection, and he's uh, well worth a watch. But I think on that note... Guys, there's an R. We're going to hit our rev limit. We're, we we have hit. <laughs> we're stuck in the limiter here, and we need to get out, out the door. We've enjoyed the podcast. You can uh, uh, tell people about the podcast and uh, tag us at RMS Motoring everywhere. Make sure you. Uh, what do you have to do? Like and subscribe. Yeah, my 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 my, my three year old, or sorry, my five year old. He's like. Thumbs up and like and subscribe. <laughs> so S- smash that bell icon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna throw caution in the wind and say subscribe and like. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on the, on that note, we'll be back soon. Thank you. Cheers. And remember, there's no warranty. This is sold to sing. <laughs> <laughs>